0: You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you stories that remind us who God is and who we are in Him. The Collected Podcast is a production of Collected Ministries, a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping disciples of Jesus discover and live from their true identity in Christ, recognize and walk in their divine purpose within the kingdom of God, and experience growth in their capacity for mature, healthy relationships. Follow Collected on social media at Collected Ministries, and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and additional content related to today's episode.
1: Welcome to Season 4, Episode 7 of The Collected Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Biondo, and this week I am so, so, so excited to bring you my interview with Kelly Haddock. She's a singer, songwriter, wife, and mom, and she has a powerful story, um, her personal story of living through tragedy that she's going to share with you um, but finding hope and joy on the other side of that. And that has really inspired her music. She draws from real life stories of beauty, heartache, and hope um, just to find celebration in life. And I was so excited to have her on still so early in the year as we're you know in a new year and all the hope and kind of expectation that comes along with that. So I think that this interview um, is just
2: really timely. So Kelly, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to be with you, Jess, and everybody listening right now. Thank you. you.
1: Yes, I'm so excited. So to get us started, I was wondering if you could share how you came to know the Lord and how you ended up um, being a singer and songwriter.
2: Sure. So I came to know the Lord um, right before my junior year of high school. And I was going to a school of the arts. It was very intense. I was classically trained in piano and voice. And I was also doing ballet and all the pressure that came with this really intense, high pressure environment. And um, it was so much fun, but I was fighting an eating disorder and um, I was very sick and um, very just empty and alone. And so we started going to um, a church and I met a man uh, named AJ and he was playing bass and he was on staff leading their college and career ministry. Well, I was in high school, and he asked me what year I was. And I was like, I'm a senior. He just assumed I was a senior in college, and I assumed <laughs> I know. he knew I was a senior in high school. So neither one of us clarified this, and we fall in love. And about two months later, he introduces me to his mom. And his mom figures out that I'm in high school. Again, I'm not trying to deceive <laughs> anybody. I just thought we all knew this information. Yeah. And AJ's face was priceless when he was like, you were a senior in high school. All this time, I thought you were a senior in college. But by then, um, I was leading worship with him and helping um, with the college and career ministry at this church. And um, we we started going to the church and there was 500 people there and we were there through growth to 5,000 people. Wow. So this church was just like bursting at the seams because the Holy Spirit was moving in such a powerful way. Like revival was just everywhere on every service lives are being changed and my life was one of them. So it was just so fun to, to have this season and, um, and AJ just really helped me with the eating disorder and fought for me before the Lord
0: Mm -hmm. and,
2: um, and held me accountable and through the course of a year of both dating and just really working on getting me healthy again we fell in love, and at um, the end of that year, we got engaged. And um, so he was already graduated college. He had a good, solid job. And um, so I probably wouldn't have gotten married so young in college, but it just made a lot of sense for us. So um, I got married my freshman year of college and wow. um, and had just – life was so fun. I mean, we were, like, all in with the church and serving in music, and um, he was a musician as well, and so songwriting was just a part of, of the fabric of our life, and um, we were working on making a record together, and life was just perfect.
1: <laughs> I love that. I mean, what a story. So, what was the age difference between you two? We're, he was
2: five years older than me.
1: Okay, that's not... Yeah, yeah, once totally. you're out of high school that's like nothing
2: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah
1: that's that's totally appropriate um wow so as you you know continue through college um I know some kind of unexpected things happened in your story so I, where did God take you next in life
2: yeah great question well, as I said, we were leading a college and career ministry, um, which had about three hundred people, and so it was the size of a lot of churches. <laughs> and we had a really rich community there, and a lot of our friends were getting pregnant, and so it was like everybody's jumping off the bridge. Why don't we jump too? So we were the we were the tenth um, couple to get pregnant this that particular year. Um, And we really wanted a baby. I mean, at this point, watching nine other friends get pregnant and it took us about six months to get pregnant. So we were actively trying, even though I was young. It was like I knew we had the timing where I could be done with school before the baby and all of this. And so um, I remember just pleading with the Lord for a baby. And um, and when God blessed us with Eli, it was just the sweetest gift in the whole world. Um, He has fiery orange hair and looks just like his daddy. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, I just, I couldn't imagine life getting any better.
1: Yeah, and in those early years of marriage being so young and married, I'd imagine you're still like figuring out who you are and now you're in this partnership with another person and marriage can bring out (laughs) the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, But what did you learn about God in that kind of early season of marriage?
2: hmm that's such a great question i i think through those years the big like neon sign light lesson was just that i'm lovable Mm -hmm. and um aj helped me feel lovable and i think at the root of my struggle with the eating disorder i don't think i ever knew i was lovable or touchable or adored or cherished you know all those sweet intimate words um I was I was growing in my intimacy with God as my ultimate lover. And um and so th- those days were just so sweet. <laughs> wow.
1: That that's so beautiful and so true and I think that's what someone out there needs to hear as well that like you are lovable by the creator of the universe. He loves you so much. So, like, if you hear nothing else right now, <laughs> hear that, um, yeah. that. Yes, that is so true and so powerful. Um, so as you continue on, um, what, what happened next? I know that
2: So um, that life
1: took a turn.
2: Yeah. So we were, we were on a road trip visiting AJ's parents. And I call it the longest trip of my life because I never made it home. So we were driving on the highway and as we were trying to get home, another car hit us going over hundred miles an hour. My husband, our baby boy, who was three and a half months old at the time, and I were in the car and my husband was killed instantly in the accident. And I remember the sun was beginning to set and we were listening to Al Green's Let's Stay Together playing on the radio and we were like playing the air trumpets and you know it was like another one of those like perfect moments and and then I don't have any memory it was like it just goes black in my mind and um my next memory is is of nighttime and a helicopter coming to whisk away our baby boy and me to the hospital and um And again, it's like almost like these little snapshots of memories as things are coming clear in in my mind. And um, they took our baby boy one way and they took me another way. And I kept asking, where's my husband? Where's my husband? And nobody would tell me anything. And I just assumed his injuries weren't as bad. And so they probably took him to a closer hospital without the helicopter Um, So a few hours later, a hospital chaplain came into the hospital room I was in, showed no emotion at all, and just very bluntly said, your husband was killed instantly in the impact. Mm -hmm. And I just looked at her, and I said the first thing that came to my mind, which is, God is good, and Jesus is Lord. Mm -hmm. And nobody premeditates what they're going to say, like when you hear the worst news you could ever imagine. And I hadn't premeditated what I was going to say. But I read several months later that no one can save Jesus as Lord except by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I realized that it was the Holy Spirit already empowering me and providing for me in my darkest moment, helping me do what I couldn't do in my own strength.
1: Wow. And so as you then had to like walk through this nightmare, how did you see God continue to show up and provide for you?
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I was terrified of grief. And in a lot of ways, I just had to survive. I was a young mom. Eli was severely injured. He was in the pediatric intensive care unit. And we don't have enough time. I could talk for hours just about Eli's story. But if you want to learn more about his story, you can go on my website. I'm sure it'll be linked underneath this and you can yes, just all these things. Um, but, you know, I had to care for a very sick child. Um, he had traumatic brain injury, strokes. injuries, was fighting for his life and so in a lot of ways I just had to be in like go mode Mm. and the business of death is not something people talk about a lot but the death dealing with death just from a practical business side of things takes a lot of work and time and money and that's not something people talk about but that can be a distraction from grief and so I think for me the first two years I was just busy and terrified of grieving and um I was afraid to be honest with God. And I felt like my job was to present him on this silver platter, like this horrible thing happened to me, but it's okay because God is good and Jesus is Lord. And I kind of fell on that as a crutch to where I felt like my job was like to defend God to the world. And he didn't need me to do that because his faithfulness isn't contingent on me. His faithfulness isn't contingent on what happens to me. His faithfulness isn't contingent on what happens to you. Yeah. He is God. And um, so for me, a couple years into my grief um, or my attempted grief, I don't know how you would call it. Um, you know, and I've had, I had had a very public ministry, even at that time. Um, our blog was one of the top 10 Google blogs. I was like writing the play by play of what ha- was happening to Eli. And, and it, our story is very public at this point. Um, this was 17 years ago. Hmm. So. Um, so about two and a half years in, I was reading Job and we all know the story of Job, right? You know, Job has all these horrible things happen to him and his friends are like, oh, you got to repent or you got to say this about God or you're not doing this right. And Job really, he's just angry with God and he's just frustrated and mad and like not afraid to be honest about it. And I was reading the very end of Job, the last chapter in my Bible. The headline says, God restores Job. And then the very first line underneath it, it says, God addressed Job. And God said, my friend Job. And I'm pretty sure it's the first place, like chronologically in the Bible, that God calls another human being his friend. Mm. And he says, my friend Job, I want you to pray for your friends for not being honest, either with me or about me. And in that moment, I realized, God, I haven't been honest with you or about you. And and we see in Job that Job's honesty was was the very thing that made that relationship, that friendship with God possible. Because if we're not, if I'm not honest with you, Jess, we can't have a good friendship, right? Right. If you're not honest with your husband, you can't have a good relationship. And so God just like gave me this big giant permission slip just to be honest with him. And that's when my grief became real. And that was the moment where I began to heal.
1: Mm. Wow. So as you, you know, acknowledge your grief and moved forward in that and began to heal, what surprising doors did God open for you?
2: You know, (laughs) that's such a great question because I think my answer is, it was more surprising the doors that got closed. Oh. And um, I felt like I needed to go away from the public. And so I shut down the blog. I shut down leading worship. I shut down all of these things that I had found my identity in. Mm. And I just was a deep dive with, okay, God, it's you and me. We got to work this out. I need, I need healing. I can't have a Band-Aid. Um, and so for many years, I just pulled away from the public eye in every way and just dove deep, sunk the roots down deep into my relationship with the Lord. And um, just that, that healing, it happens where nobody sees. It happens in the depth. And it and it, um, it happens in a way that we cannot force, but we receive, and um, it has been so good.
1: Yeah. So what new things did you learn about God's character in that as you dove deeper and just got away with Him? Hmm.
2: Well, I, I'm going to fast forward many, many years. Yeah. I think, I think in a lot of ways, these lessons are things that we learn better in hindsight. So mm. in the moment, like it, it just wasn't pretty. And and you know if you're listening and you've gone through something really hard and and you feel like your life isn't pretty or your heart isn't pretty or your response isn't pretty I want to give you permission to sit in that and not wrestle through that but just sit in that and and listen to the Lord and allow his love to wash over you because I'm 17 years into a grief journey that I will be walking my entire life and so you can't compare where you are in your story or your journey to where anybody else is in their story and their journey. And you certainly can't compare to me. How can this girl have hope after all she's been through? Well, first of all, I didn't have hope for a long time. And second of all, hope has come at a high price and at a long, long time coming. So, but hope that's, that's hope. Hope does come. So, um, I don't know how closely if, if we were following each other um, last spring, but in April, so fast forward, I, I got remarried. I was a widow for five years and I ended up marrying a good friend of AJ's. Um, so he knew Eli from when Eli was two days old, he adopted Eli. Um, we have two more children together. So now we have three kids. And um, in April uh, he had to have quintuple heart bypass surgery And there were major complications in the surgery. It lasted 14 hours, and the doctor said he was about 10 minutes from bleeding out and dying during the surgery. So this was just a few months ago. I was staring right down the barrel of being a widow again. And I think it was that moment where I could find the answer to the question you asked me, what did you learn about God's character? So I remember when I hugged my husband goodbye and I wheeled him to the OR and I walked into the bathroom at the hospital and just started weeping. And, and you, you, can't, you can't start training for the Super Bowl the day the game starts, right? You've got to prepare. You've got to prepare. And those athletes have worked their entire lives to be ready to play the Super Bowl. And that's sort of how I felt when I walked into that bathroom, it was like, God, I am so glad for all the years and all the stuff we've walked through together because I know I'm ready for this. Whatever happens, I know who you are and I know that you will be faithful because God's faithfulness. I've already said this. God's faithfulness is not contingent on what happens. And we so often, you know, when something goes good, we're like, oh, God was faithful. But the reality is his faithfulness is his character. That's the nature of who he is. So if my husband had died, God still would have been faithful. It just would have looked different than I expected or hoped. But that wouldn't have been meant that God turned his face away from me in that moment. He would still provide and he would still be the same. And so sometimes when we're going through trials and we get angry with God, it's because we have mislinked our circumstances with God's God's character Mm -hmm. and and we forget that his character is on such a different level than what's happening to us his character is like I don't know I don't know if you're watching the video you can see I've got I've got a hand as a fist and then another hand going over it like rock paper scissors like here my hand's the rock and God's the paper that's like that that beats rock (laughs) (laughs) so it's like, like God just God will provide and cover us no matter what is happening in our lives because
1: yeah. that's who he is. Yeah. So what maybe encouragement do you have for someone who is facing that hardship right now and maybe feels like, well, I, I don't know if this is my Super Bowl and I don't know if I've been training. Is it too late? Am I <laughs> like, did I not do enough? Like who kind of feels panicky about something that is coming up in their life?
2: Does that make That's sense? That's such a great question, Jess. I would I think it's it, it falls back to again, God's bigger than you. Yeah. And and He's got you. And and He's not going to abandon you. Um I, I, I keep sharing stories. <laughs> you can push the pause button on me whenever you want, but No, I'm gonna I love it. it. That's I'm what we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna answer your question with another story. Perfect. So um I am a singer songwriter and I love um I feel like my music is like a friend to sit with you through whatever it is that you're going through. And so I hope after you listen um, that you do go also listen on Spotify or wherever you listen and let these, these songs just help you process whatever it is that you are, are, are working through. But um, the, Anna, the accident happened on Halloween and I hate Halloween The every year, the anniversary accident is a very awkward day. I mean, you've got all the darkness and, creepiness of Halloween. You've got, man, it's been another year since I've hugged AJ and heard his voice. And so it's like the missing grows deeper, but then there's a celebration of, wow, we got through another year. And so it's just a really like convoluted mixed up emotional day. And, you know, I'm a mom and a few years ago, our, our littles were even littler. And um, I just really was so hungry for a quiet time with the Lord on the anniversary of the accident. And I finally got the kids down for their nap. And I sit down and I just, Lord, I really want to be with you. But my quiet time was brutally quiet. And I said, not today, God, not today, please. Like just a word, anything, give me something. I want to feel your presence. And so I sat longer and it was still like painfully quiet. And you ever have those quiet times where you're just like, God, I just, where are you? And so I, you know, I have a million things to do. I've got muffin crumbs to sweep and laundry. And so I'm ready to get up and move on with my to-do list. And I just so clearly felt the Holy Spirit say, no, sit, wait. So I sat there and again, nothing. But then I started just kind of going through my mind, like, wow, God, you've gotten me through the day. I think it was like three o'clock. You know, you've gotten me through the day. Thank you. Oh man, you got me through the week wow, you got me through all of October because October is just always a hard month. And I started slowly going in reverse through my mind and I could not find a single moment where God had abandoned me. And I went all the way back to the beginning and there were so many dark and messy and painful, ugly moments, but there wasn't a single one where I could say, but God, you weren't there when that happened. So then something happened that day in my quiet time that I'd never experienced before, and maybe some of you have, but I was wide awake, but it was like I was dreaming. And I don't remember the accident, I'd already told you that, my memory just goes black. Um, But I I was wide awake, but it was like I was dreaming and I saw this black asphalt and there were woods behind it and the moonlight was shining and there was all this broken glass in the road and the glass was kind of glistening in the moonlight And there was a man standing in the middle of glass and there was no sound in this, but it was like, I could tell there was something coming out of his mouth and there were these dark clouds rolling in trying to cover up the moon. But what was coming out of his mouth was pushing away those dark clouds. And in that moment, my story changed because it had always started when the hospital chaplain came in and said the news. And I say, God is good. And Jesus is Lord. I thought, well, Holy Spirit, you met me there. But what God showed me is, no, Kelly, I was still with you the moment that car was going over 100 miles an hour. I was still with you the moment it all fell apart. I was still with you when the glass shattered. I was standing in the mess of it all, pushing back the darkness so that you were not consumed. And you listening, I don't know what moment it all fell apart for you. I don't know what moments you've experienced where the glass shattered and the mess was made. But I know that our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He enters into the mess and he is actively pushing back the darkness in your life. And he has been actively pushing back the darkness in your life And you have not been consumed. And you might go, sister, you don't know what I've been through. Who are you? You might want to punch me in the face. But you know what I say? I say God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the fact that you're listening to this right now is a testament of His grace and love and faithfulness. You have not been consumed because you are here and you're showing up. And you're listening.
1: Amen. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Preach. (laughs) You just brought it. That is so, that vision you had. I mean, I had chills all over, and how good and gracious and loving, oh God, to give you that glimpse. You know, I think there are so many things that we won't know about God's work in our lives until we get to heaven. But those moments where He shows us things, I think are just out of his love for us to remind us like I'm here. Yeah. And it, it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um so I want to talk a little bit about the songs that you write because mm-hmm. I know you take people's stories um and turn them into songs, right? Is that <laughs> kind of what
2: yeah, you do? Yeah, mostly my own story. Own story? Um, okay, <laughs> but but you know, in a lot of ways, um, this I'm working on a new record. It's it's in mix. It'll be done um, probably in the next couple of weeks and released this spring, um, end of February, early March. Um, if I can get a get a photographer a good photo for the cover, that's 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 the step we're on. <laughs> photo shoot. I was literally trying on dresses before we got got on this this interview. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway. um, you know, in a lot of ways, this this record is is a cheerleader album because you know, as I've found my own healing, I've been walking with others, helping them point to pointing them to hope and healing. And so, this record for me is a lot more, in a sense, like outward focused and and like I'm your cheerleader and I want to help point you to hope. And that's that's really where this album is coming from. I'm so excited about it. Um, and that you know, is what it,
1: we need in the world. <laughs> right yeah. now that is good yeah. Uh, um yeah and i'll link to your music and all of that and when your you. album comes out let us know too because we'll i'll post ah, about really. it on our instagram page so everyone can know um what is the thank you project
2: <laughs> so um as i had mentioned um eli was really injured and the doctor said if he lives he'll probably never walk or talk or show emotion and he's an incredible miracle. He has a really powerful story, which you can read. And, um, but 10 years later, when he was turning 10, and he was playing with his baby brother and baby sister, and life was, again, you know, there, there are these moments, you know, where life is just perfect, and you just want to, like, like, freeze everything. And this was another one of those moments, and I just thought, I remember looking at my husband and saying... Wow. Wouldn't it be amazing to find all the doctors and nurses that helped save Eli's life and like show him the miracle that he is to be like, look, because you like did your job and did a good job. Like this little boy is, is, is such a gift, you know, and he still has special needs, but in so many ways, his special needs make him more special. And so, uh, yeah, long story short, we start finding doctors and nurses and the hospital found out what we were doing and said, Hey, can we follow you with our film crew and just kind of document you thanking the doctors? And we were like, sure, nobody was expecting anything. Well, the Today Show heard what we were working on and they actually got first rights to the story from the hospital. So they sent their own film crew down and, um, and filmed our story. And then they released it on Thanksgiving morning the last lot right before the Macy's Day Parade, which is their biggest viewership of the entire year. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> then the hospital released their version of the video and everything went viral at that point. And, you know, it was, we were featured in just about every major news publication. And um, and so it's, it was just such a gift because our hope was that medical professionals would be encouraged everywhere, not just the few at the hospital that we thanked. and. That's exactly what has happened. And, you know, now with COVID and all that medical professionals are doing, um, it's neat to to see the videos still having having a life and a purpose, even in the context of today, um, where medical professionals are just feeling their worth (laughs) Um, because it really is a thankless job that they have, especially those that are dealing with um, trauma and intensive care. And you're with people at their worst moment, and yes. so I just, I just want to say thank you, because lives hinge on their work, and um, they, they are truly heroes.
1: Yeah, Amen. Oh I God. echo that a hundred percent. And I love, <laughs> you know, this thank you project shows to the power of gratitude, and mm-hmm. how you set out to say thank you, and then it reached millions of people, and like God used it totally in a crazy unexpected way and I think that's what happens when we like show gratitude yeah to each other to the Lord like I don't know that's how I always like to start my quiet time with God is just gratitude of the things I'm thankful for to him
2: it's so powerful you're 100% right Jess Mm -hmm. and there's so much wrong in the world but but there's so much right and yes. So much good. And there's so many people that might not be doing a good job, but there's so many more people who are doing a good job. And I just want us to be people that can identify that and yes. see that. And, and cause there, if we stop, you're right. There's so much to be grateful for. And that's, a, I, I talk a lot about, we haven't really talked about this, but I talk a lot about how um, hope is a choice before it's an emotion.
3: Mm-hmm. And I think
2: the same is true of gratitude where gratitude is a choice. It's something we, We choose to do and then often the emotion follows but if we just sit around and wait till we like feel that bubbly gratitude that probably won't ever come so it's 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 something we choose before we experience
1: Mm, yeah that is so good oh you are a well of wisdom (laughs) I don't know (laughs) this is so good and we're almost out of time so I just want to give you the floor for whatever I missed what is a final um word of encouragement or hope um or like challenge that you have for our listeners what is holy spirit kind of placing Mm -hmm. on you right now
2: i would just want to encourage listeners to know that you are enough that that god's got you he's not angry with you he's not disappointed in you he's not waiting for you to fail or mess up he's just wanting to wrap his arms around you and tell you how much that he loves you um and how proud of you that he is.
1: Mm, That's beautiful. (laughs) That's so perfect. Kelly, thank
2: you for coming on. And where can people find you? Um, Well, I'm very active on Instagram, which is where Jess and I found each other. Um, I really am passionate about making your social media scroll more helpful and inspiring. And so if that's something you would like, then come follow me at Kelly Haddock Music. Um, And I love doing women's retreats and church events and anything like that. So if you are a leader in your church or know a leader in your church and want me to come do something, I would love to share um, music and hope and stories. Um, and the message that God has given me with your community. And then you can find me on my website at kellyhaddock.com. And that's Kelly with an (laughs) (laughs) I-E.
1: Perfect. And I will link all of those things in the show notes and over on our blog as well. Kelly, thank you so much for being with us
2: today. Yeah, thank you, Jess. Thank you for your time and for inviting me to share with your community.
1: What an amazing interview with Kelly. I could have just listened to her all day and her stories and just the way that God has shown up in her life and reminded her over and over of his goodness and his provision and faithfulness, even in the darkest moments of her life. And she shared about the vision She had of God being there, you know, in the moment when the glass shattered. And um, after the interview, she was telling me about a song that she wrote about that vision and about that moment and um, about God being there in the darkest places of her life. And yet, you know, bringing beauty out of it and still being faithful and protecting and providing And so the song that she wrote is called Beauty Was There, and she was gracious enough to send us um, that song. So I'm going to play a clip of it to, you know, kind of act as our outro today. So just listen to this. Um, let it just feed your soul, bring hope and encouragement. Um, and then maybe take a few moments after the episode ends to just be still with the Lord and, you know, rest in Him and seek Him to see what He has for you today and this week. And, um, you know, go back to that question that I was talking about the last episode of 2021, you know, asking the Lord, praying, God, where is your kingdom coming today? And how can I be a part of it? Um, so maybe also ask Him today, Lord, where is your beauty in my life? You know, how how can I recognize that? Help me to see where you're working um, and just open my eyes to see you in a new way today. So that is my prayer for myself and for you. So I just love you, and I hope that you enjoy this song from Kelly. See you next week.
3: our cloud in room We were hurt and broken, confused Beauty was there. All long, beauty was there. Singing its song, protesting darkness, till darkness was gone.
0: Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you'd help spread the word. Check back here for new episodes dropping every other Thursday. You can follow along on social media at Collected Ministries. You can also find Jess at JessBiondo. If you would like to support Collected by making a tax-deductible contribution, please visit CollectedMinistries.org donate. Collective proudly supports and partners with Flourish Kenya, a nonprofit working to support and prevent unplanned adolescent pregnancy in rural Kenya. Learn more at flourishkenya.org. The Collected podcast is produced by Jess Biondo and edited by Jacob Early. Music is by Asaf Elan.